my name is Julie Lynch. I'm a postdoctoral fellow at the Bedford VA Medical Center in Massachusetts. I lead an initiative within the Veterans Health Administration called VAGDX. This project gathers molecular test data for all the labs that service VA medical centers nationally. The purpose of the project is to provide data to help clinical leaders ensure equity and access to the implementation of genomic medicine and to evaluate the clinical utility of these tests. Today, we have with us two VA clinical leaders, Dr. Michael Kelly, who's National Director of Oncology, and Ms. Vicki Bain, the Lead Genetic Counselor of our National Genomic Medicine Program. We also have representatives of laboratories with whom we are developing research collaborations. Ms. Donna Policio is the Associate Director for Government Accounts for Genomic Health, and Mr. John Hanna is Senior Director of Policy and Reimbursement for Verisite. We will start this preview of our panel discussion by asking Dr. Kelly and Ms. Bain to spend five minutes discussing some of the challenges we have faced in the VA evaluating the implementation of clinical utility of molecular testing. Dr. Kelly, do you want to begin? Thanks, Julie. I think there are two main issues to discuss. First is the appropriateness of applying guidelines which are developed on populations outside the VA to a unique population of patients in the VA. An example of this is in lung cancer where veterans smoke at a higher rate where they've been exposed to various toxic agents, including Agent Orange in Vietnam. And so then what is the modification, if any, that needs to be made to guidelines in molecular testing for cancer patients. So EGFR testing in lung cancer is a typical example. It's recommended to be tested in all patients with adenocarcinoma. What is the incidence in the VA? Is it appropriate to test at that incidence? And then second area that I'd like to touch on is once you've determined what testing you're going to be doing for a population such as the VA population, uh, where is that information stored in the medical record? How can you tell as a health system administrator or policymaker that the test is being used appropriately and that it's delivering good value for the individual patient and for the health system as a whole? So I think there are other examples that we can touch on as we go forward with the next generation sequencing and the increasing use of molecular genetics in directing therapies. This question is going to be applicable to the majority of patients with any type of cancer. And so as we move from somatic testing to germline testing, I think that there's another very interesting example that we can use in terms of moving stuff from bench to bedside, and that really is something like genetic testing for polyposis patients. So again, we have a relatively large VA population that is getting colonoscopies, and in fact, I spoke with the GI physician just yesterday in a site that's doing about 2,000 colonoscopies a year. As a result, one of the fabulous parts is that they really don't identify very many colon cancers because they're taking the polyps out before they become cancerous. On the other hand, approximately 40% of those veterans have polyps, and over time, they will have 10 or more polyps. This past March, the NCCN published new guidelines around the polyposis story, indicating that individuals who had a lifetime burden of 10 or more polyps would be candidates for genetic testing. When you look at the other side of it, sort of the global etiology of colon cancer, probably only 5 to 10% of our veterans really are going to have their colon cancer as a result of something inherited. As Dr. Kelly said, the vast majority may well have environmental causes for those colon cancers. So one of the things that we're going to be looking at now is are those MCCN guidelines 
It's clear that the development of some national comprehensive cancer centers, very, very reputable cancer programs, often dealing with very high-risk families, are those going to be appropriate for our VA population? And I think that's going to be another place where we really have to look at guidelines and the way things are developed, and do they apply to our VA population? That's going to be another fun opportunity to discuss the clinical utility of some of these tests that are coming down the pike, others that are actually relatively well-established. Thanks, Vicki and Mike. Moving on to the laboratory perspective, Ms. Policio, perhaps you can discuss the role of labs in sharing data and cooperating with hospitals, federal agencies such as the NCI and the VA, and cooperating with researchers to evaluate clinical utility of these new tests. Yes, Julie, that is true. Um, Genomics Health, as a provider of laboratory services and also a test developer of oncotype DX, breast and colon, and prostate cancer assays, we feel that it's very important to enhance patients' treatment decisions that will lead to better outcomes for the patients and having the appropriate patients tested. And the work we've done with sharing data with the VA specifically has enabled the VA to see that the appropriate patient is getting the assay and following that, whether it's um, through the NCCN guidelines or just through better patient access to these tests. So we do have the ability to share data with the VA through the VA GDS program on any patient that's tested, and also sharing our data with things like the genetic test registry on NCI, again, just so that people have a better understanding of when the appropriate patient should be tested, and that's the most important thing. Mr. Hannah, perhaps you would like to discuss the type of studies that labs can participate in to help healthcare systems evaluate clinical utility within their specific patient population. Thanks, Julie. As genomic testing has become more and more prevalent across the United States, the payer community has coalesced around a need for labs and researchers to demonstrate improvements in health outcomes as evidence of clinical utility of these new tests. These studies can look at a wide range of variables, but what we see most frequently today is an assessment of change in physician behavior and treatment patterns of patients as a proxy for future health outcomes as the test matures in the marketplace. Over time, we see genomic testing being evaluated in the longer-term health outcomes to see, in fact, is there an improvement in the longer-term health of the patient. That can take a number of different representations for these patient populations. It could be, in the case of oncotype, avoiding unnecessary chemotherapy. In the case of the Affirma test offered by Verisite, avoiding unnecessary surgical procedures on patients who are suspected of potentially having thyroid cancer. And these studies demonstrate that patients are, in fact, better off over their lifetime by having this genomic procedure or test performed and that informing the physician treatment pattern. So that's what we have seen in the clinical utility space, and we've seen payers adopting health technology assessment models that lead towards these types of evaluations and decision-making for coverage. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, everybody, for participating in this podcast. I'm looking forward to our August panel presentation and discussing these issues in more detail.